Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports soccer podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we have a preview episode. We've got a number of games that are kicking off this weekend, despite the uh, you know the the possibility of some folks thinking that there's not going to be a ton of action this weekend. That's just simply not true. We've got USWNT action that we have to preview. We've got one NWSL match that we have to preview, and we've got the debut of Copa Angelina. We're very very excited about it. Before we take a deep dive into everything. Quick reminder for all our listeners, you can watch all of our episodes and exclusive interviews on YouTube. Please subscribe to our page to get notified whenever we go live. YouTube.com slash Attacking Third. Lisa, we're back at it, buddy. Me and you. We sure are, Sandra. Um, I'm so happy to be here doing it with you. Of course, it's so funny you mentioned that it's technically like a bye week in NWSL because it's um, an international break and there are plays happening, but there is still action in the NWSL due to a makeup game that U.S. Women's National Team is playing, as you mentioned, Copa Angelina. There are a number of things happening, so there's no rest for the weary. Like, we keep going. We have so much to preview, so much to talk about. It's never ending. We've got the Women's Super League starting next week, which is, like, crazy. It's around the corner. We've been, like, gearing up for it here, gearing up for it on the CBS side of things in my personal life so I can get ready to watch these games and do previews um, and everyone can watch all of the women's super league exclusively on Paramount plus it kicks off September 10th is the first game. So like everything is happening all at once. It is quite thrilling. We've got a holiday weekend coming up for everyone. Um, I will find my way to the beach as I usually do. I know people <laughs> tend to note that of me that somehow I just make my way to the beach. I'm very close to it. And yes, every chance I get, Look, I am there. So hopefully I see some sunshine this weekend, as well as everyone else. You, our listeners, anyone else. I hope you get into the sunshine. I uh, it, it's it's September 1st. Right. And I feel like when when this time of year comes around, there's like two there's like two kinds of people. You know, there's like there, there's the crowd that's like, OK, like last weekend of summer, let's really try to get it in. Let's find the beach. And then there's people who are like, sick let's put up the pumpkins and yes <laughs> i like to think that like i'm a good mix of like both i'm very oh my gosh i'm very yeah. excited to like get some you know get out there and get some sun but i'm also uh, look I'm, i'll put myself on blast i do have a pumpkin decoration out 
already. I mean, it's September 1st. That's that's totally acceptable. And I apologize for those that are looking to cozy up with a blanket, some like hot cocoa, pumpkins, <laughs> and like pumpkin scented candles. Yes, do that for sure. But for those that are still searching for the sun, because they know that the winter months are coming and we have to hibernate. Um, yeah, that's me. I'm going to be looking for the sun this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's, uh, let's, let's dive in to, to some previewing here, right? We've got uh, not just one, but two United States women's national team friendlies to talk about. They're going to be uh, taking, uh, taking, uh, participating, excuse me, in a two game series against Nigeria. The first of which will kick off uh, in Kansas city. And then they will meet once more in Washington, D.C. So Saturday, you can find the United States Women's National Team in Kansas City, Children's Mercy Park. That's going to be kicking off at uh, noon ET. You can watch that action all on Fox. And then Tuesday will be at Audi Field at 6 p.m. local time. You can watch that on ESPN. You know, Lisa, when the initial roster dropped for uh, the training camps for, for these friendlies. It, it was, you know, the energy was usual suspects, right? We, we didn't see a ton of change from the, the 23-player roster that competed in July for the CONCACAF W Championship. And that included, you know, a player like, uh, or players like Sam Coffey, uh, Ashley Hatch. You know, Hatch was someone who came out mm -hmm. uh, of that tournament due to an injury. Coffey slotting into her place. But all of these players uh, got brought back in. And initially, Emily Sonnet wasn't listed on the roster due to said injury. But but that was the 23. This, we, we saw, we didn't really see a ton of change going from July to August. Uh, but some recent news, uh, we've chatted a little bit about it in previous episodes. There's been a couple of different additions or additional uh, players coming into to this roster. Both Haley Mace and Savannah DeMello uh, are jumping into to fill in some 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 certain positions. I mean, well, let's talk. Let's start with that. Uh, we first saw that Haley Mace was going to come on in. Uh, and, and replace Kelly O'Hara, someone who is uh, also dealing with a lingering hip injury. But then we also got news of Savannah DeMello entering the fold, but coming in place for Trinity Rodman, who has a family commitment. Um, so those are the two newest additions to this roster ahead of these two friendlies. Yeah, and, and one thing that we did touch on right when this news broke is that it's it's not like for like swaps in this one um, with Trinity Rodman being swapped in for or Savannah DeMello, excuse me, being swapped in for Trinity Rodman. That's a midfielder for a forward. Very different types of players. Um, likewise with Haley Mace, Kelly O'Hara is is a defender, um, which we have seen Mace play in, in her time, but she's traditionally a midfielder. Um, it likes to be a little bit higher up the pitch, but I imagine that we'll see her slotted into that back line, but not, not like for like in terms of like how they play and positionally, I don't think um, because of, of the swap for Savannah DeMello initially, I really like that. It's great to see a player like that um, get her first international senior team call up into this camp. I hope she gets time, right? I hope she sees minutes. Like these are good friendlies for some of these younger players or maybe inexperienced players on the roster to get minutes, whether it's someone like um, a Savannah DeMello or even a Sam Coffey, Taylor Korniak, players that maybe were called into the CONCACAF W Championship in terms of Korniak and Coffey got there towards the end of it. But I want to see them get time. Like, that's the point of this. Yes, the point is to be in training and to compete and to have that level of intensity and, and understand what it's like to be playing along some of the very best players in the entire world. But in order to really see how that translates from training to the pitch, like, Black Wendanowski needs to play a little bit of uh, of these players and give them time and give them minutes. Um, I think the same goes for Haley Mace, but I'm also not sure if we'll see her get time. It's, it's like just because in the yeah. back line, he's still trying to really establish players like Emily Fox, Sophia Huerta in that back line. Um, now without Kelly O'Hara, yeah, maybe that opens things up for Mace. But in terms of moving forward, I'm just not sure how fluid that back line is going to look as we get nearer and nearer to the World Cup. And, and with a player like Crystal Dunn being back in training, no, she's not competing. Like she's also slotting into that back line. So it makes the competition for a back four spot that much tighter. And, and frankly, in the World Cup, I doubt we'll see that much rotation between that back line, maybe an outside back here or there every other game. But 
um, it, it becomes a little bit more of a solidifying spot in, in that back line. When when we talk about the first game versus Nigeria and Kansas City and then the second one in D.C., um, do you think that we'll see a lot of differences between these styles of play? I know this is like really yeah. in the gun here, but like styles of play, whether we see the U.S. try to switch things up, if the formation will be very, very similar. I know that at times Lachlan has said, no, we're starting the same three. It's going to be Sophia Smith, Mallory Pugh, Alex Morgan up top. We want to see them get consistent minutes, find a rhythm. Like they're going to be the starters and they're going to play together, like have more of that positional rotation versus just mixing it all up. No, I, I hear you 100 percent where you're going. But before I answer that, I want to, you know, touch on on Demello and um, oh yeah, his addition to to the roster real, real quick. I, I know we talked about it on, on previous episodes, but if, for anyone who's joining us, um, you know, live for the first time and sort of hearing uh, the new additions, like I know that we were like excited to, to sort of see the fact that these players got got called in. So like with with Mace, you've got a player who um, really hasn't had a lot of time in senior level national team camps, um, period. And the experience that she has is already like stemming back to several years ago. So, so the last time she was with, you know, the senior national team, it was in 2018. And, and so the complete previous cycle and only has about three caps next to her name. So I, I I'm with you in what you were saying, where maybe we might not see these, these two players get, get time on, on the pitch because I don't imagine that these two players coming in is it's, it's sort of being viewed as like this kind of shakeup ahead of the world cup, you know, with the, with the timeline that they have anywhere from like eight to 10 months, um, to sort of build up to 2023, I don't view these two players' additions as like, hey, here's another shakeup of the roster before, you know, settling things out for, for 2023. And, um, you know, Mace coming, it, it, she's into this camp, I think, for an, a two very specific reasons. Number one is that she's in really great form right now with the Kansas City Current. She's been she's been playing a lot of great soccer with, with her, with her club team. And one of these friendlies is going to be in Kansas city. So it's like partially like, Hey, she's in really good form. And you know what? We need a replacement. Kelly O'Hara's out with, with injury. This is very last minute. We're already in Kansas city. Why don't you come on in and, and join the fold and, and, and mix it up in the fray with us, you know? So um, I'm excited for her, for her inclusion, but I don't imagine that it's going to be a real massive shakeup in that back line. Cause I'm in hundred percent agreement with you, Lisa and that, Andonofsky and the coaching staff is trying to settle things out with with players like Fox, with players like uh, Sofia Huerta. And the fact that you've got somebody like Crystal Dunn back into the fold, you're you're also keeping an eye on that player as well. Right. Phenomenal athlete. So um, I, I would imagine um, sort of transitioning this to the question that you asked me. I don't really know if we're going to see um, some tactical changes. I really do feel that this coaching staff is sort of looking at this next buildup, these next several months um, leading up to the World Cup as opportunities to sort of iron out starting 11s, right? Mm -hmm. Iron out your your game changers, your, your ideal substitutions perhaps, um, and really just make sure you're cementing any type of chemistry that you can and really start playing some, some cohesive soccer, um, which is uh, maybe unfortunate in a certain sense, because I know for, for you and I, we would maybe like to see games like this be utilized to mix up some things. I mean, if, if this is the final stretch of preparation for the world cup, like you should, you should be doing those things. Like maybe you, maybe Nigeria is going to present some very different challenges for this roster specifically that just won CONCACAF W championship, right? So they faced a lot of certain um, different type of game scenarios against all of those CONCACAF nations, right? But they're absolutely going to be facing something different in a team against a team like Nigeria, a, a team that is very, very smart on the ball that can turn a game on its head very, very quickly. And so these are, these are going to be challenges obviously for your defensive shape. So I'm, I'm eager to sort of see what, what this U.S. women's national team can do with that against the opposition like Nigeria. Um, but I, I really do think we're going to con continue to see this kind of this front line trio of, you know, of, of Pew, of Smith, of Morgan. I think they're really trying to go. The coaching have is, is maybe giving them instruction on how to continue to build together. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we were just talking about some of the fun 
some of the fun banter that we were seeing between them online, you know, for, for club, it's like, Oh no, it's like, Hey, it's like, you're scoring. I gotta, I gotta get on the board too. And it's like, Oh no, the two of you are like getting on the board. I gotta, I gotta keep up too. So we're starting to see it both on and off the pitch. And, and I just think that that's something that we're going to continue to see in these games in uh, against Nigeria. I agree. I mean, the formation and like, defensively structure for this U.S. side. I'm not sure. Someone in our chat asking about Savannah DeMello. Is she a six? She, with Racing Louisville, she plays higher, right? We have um, uh, Jalen Howell in that six. I mean, most recently with Louisville, we've yeah. seen them actually play more of a box in the midfield. Or yeah, I, I think there are there are lulls of the game with Louisville right. where, where DeMello can be kind of like that kind of passing midfielder. She's just with, so with good. So she it's it's always... She's moving always around. Yeah. I mean, she can play that defensive six, but I don't think she will. When you look at this roster for the U.S., I think he's going to try to put um, DeMello a little bit higher. You've got players like um, Sam Coffey coming into this, that she yeah. plays the six. And in college at Penn State, she uh, Coffey played much higher. She was more of an attacking midfielder. And now with Portland, we've seen her really grow into that defensive midfield yeah. role with Andy Sullivan there as well. I That's something that I could see is uh, we talked about this with Lori, Lindsay, yeah. Allie Wagner, double pivot, double pivot yeah. having so both Andy Sullivan and Sam Coffey be in that six, which is a double pivot, which allows for one to move forward and one to slot back. So there's constantly coverage centrally while also like balancing out your attack and moving play, players forward. I mean, I don't know. I, yeah. I guess we'll see how the we roll is out. We haven't really seen it, right? That's like oh, a God. that's like a request. It's like a want. Like we're sort of like putting it out in the air. Like but we want to manifest it. <laughs> we're getting to that point where we're we're less than a year out from the World Cup. So like if Vlad Kalinowski wants to start incorporating new formations, um, having them transition on the fly. Like, yes, these players are intelligent enough and soccer savvy enough to do that. But you've got to start implementing it in in game like situations now. So. I think that this is a bit of a bold statement, but if we're going to see any formational changes for the World Cup, we will see them in these two matches against Nigeria. Otherwise, yeah. I don't foresee it happening. I don't know. Like, I think it might. I think it might be something more like an in-game adjustment. You know, I don't know if it's going to be like right off the back. We're going to see a starting eleven in a completely new formation. That just doesn't. That just doesn't fall in line with what we've seen from this coaching staff. You know, I think we're going to see that typical, you know, 4-3-3. We're going to see, uh, you know, a similar front line that we saw at times um, in the build-up to the CONCACAF qualifiers and then during the, the CONCACAF qualifiers. And perhaps there will be um, situational moments during the, the match that perhaps we will, you know, see some some different things, you know, and. I think that's more me kind of maybe like hoping for that because again, I'm with you. I think that Nigeria is, a, is, is an excellent side to go up against post CONCACAF championship and, you know, be able to say, Hey, we actually might be able to try out some different unique game scenarios here. And I hope, I really do hope we get to see it. I think especially you know, going from that first game to that second game, Lisa, you know, maybe, maybe they might divvy it up. You know, maybe they, they want to have a certain tactical plan against Nigeria in, you know, Saturday's game in Kansas city, you know, versus uh, Tuesday's game in, in, in Washington uh, DC. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. I'm hopeful. Like fingers, <laughs> fingers crossed, yeah. right? I guess that's what we're doing right now. I mean, we'll see. It'll be really interesting. I think we'll learn a lot as, as, fans and analysts of the United States women's national team. Um, if bringing in all of these different players, if it's for training experience or if it's to be implemented in gameplay and if, if any changes will happen. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to put us both on the spot here. You know, we've got uh, two new additions to this roster. We, we know the, the 23 who are going in, um, you know, is we maybe have an idea of players who we're going to see over the course of these two two matches. So I don't know. Do we want to do like uh, an attacking third, like starting 11 that we would like to see in this game? Or is, are there players that you want to see get more time in, in, in these games, Lisa? Um, I, I mean, sure, we can run through a starting 11, but players I want to see get more time. Um, Kingsbury, Aubrey Kingsbury in goal. Okay. I, I want to see... She's been called in so many times and and hasn't gotten an, 
like enough opportunities and enough chances. And so for me, that's something that I would really like to see her get minutes, frankly. Um, in the back line, I think that between like a Gurma and a Cook, I think Gurma has stood out more in NWSL yeah. play and been way more consistent, been way more effective along the back line. So I would really like to see him give Gurma that that availability and that opportunity um, to play and play consistently. Yeah. But those are really the big players that I'm like, you, you've got to give them time. You've got to give them opportunity. I mean, some of the players being called in, I'm not so sure about. Like, I, I think we'll see Sanchez get time. Like, I hope Sam Coffey gets time. But if she doesn't, like, I'm not going to be that surprised. But, yeah. um, like, I think Taylor Korniak will get time. I know you. we talked about Haley Mason being in Kansas City. I could see him playing her because they are in Kansas City. Yeah. And then with DC, like, she doesn't see the field at all. She's not even dressed. Like, I don't yeah. know how works so but I could see because like she's playing there like there's there'll be a big crowd for her that he gives her time in the Kansas City match yeah I mean if she if she dresses and and it's a certain scoreline and there's a certain scenario that there may be that they don't need an extra look at I I wouldn't be too too surprised um by that but um I'm with you on Girma I, I want to see I want to see Girma specifically against a very good attacking side like Nigeria. Mm -hmm. I really do want to see um, this back line kind of um, tested in, in, in that capacity. So I, I would imagine that we, you know, are going to, you know, continue to see, um, you know, continued development between, you know, Fox and Huerta at those outside back positions when it comes to that kind of, you know, rotating center back duo there. It's, it's, it's a, it's a pair of friendlies, right? So we're obviously going to see some type of combination of Cook, Girma in Sauerbrunn along that, that, that do that duo of games in, in that pairing. So, but I think to start, I think I would really like to see, to see Girma within that as well. I hear you about Kingsbury. I do, I do wonder if, you know, kind of post NWSL regular season, um, if uh, a different third goalkeeper is called in to to some of those, um, to, to some later camps. Quite frankly, um, just because of the lack of time that that she's gotten, uh, you know, in, in both in the build up to uh, to the qualifiers and then coming out of the qualifiers as as well. Um, and Casey Murphy appears to sort of be back in form for sure with with clubs. So I, I don't know if she's going to be getting uh, a start in, in either of these games once more. Um, yeah, here's a fun one. Maybe I think with the forward line, the forward trio, right? We're talking about you know Pew Smith, uh, Morgan. But let me let me ask you this. Let's 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 put our, our takes out on this based on current form. Megan Rapinoe's coming off of an outstanding August in NWSL with Oil Rain. Does does Megan Rapinoe get starts in in either of these games, or or do you think uh, she's still going to continue to sort of play this this sort of off the bench role? Megan Rapinoe has been outstanding for Oil Rain in the NWSL for club play. That is undeniable. I think it more so just solidifies why she's being called into these camps. I don't think Rapinoe will start. I think that Rapino understands, Lacko understands, um, players like Pew Smith understand that it, this is a transition phase for that front line. And Megan Rapino is there to push the intensity in training, to be that incredible leader, to show them what can happen. Um, I think she'll get time coming in off the bench and make a massive impact, as we've seen her do, even if she gets like less than 10 touches on the ball she'll still make an incredible impact with five touches on the ball. So I don't think she'll start not because of her play. I mean, her play, she deserves to start and play 90, but I think it's more about getting other players opportunities, finding a rhythm um, with some of these players that he wants to see moving forward, be that stable front line. And, and maybe it becomes someone like Smith, Pew and Hatch in that midfield or in that front line, because Hatch is also coming off of a brace with Washington spirit. Like she's a player that didn't get as much time in the CONCACAF W championship due to that back injury that she had. She had to end up going home earlier. So could that happen? But um, nah, I don't think Rapino will start, but not because it, she doesn't deserve it, but just because yeah. that's not the direction of the team. 
Yeah, I, I hear you. I think I think with all the uh, discussion and everything that they've talked about, you know, saying the conversations that they've had with the coaching staff and and repeating on sort of her role moving forward, that despite the you know really hot form that she's in right now, that maybe that might not necessarily mean that it's going to you know equal a start um, in these matches. But you know, what's it with six forwards it going into this? You you would imagine that the the substitutions are in place, so it'll probably be. You know, obviously, hatch for for Morgan or or Rapino in in purse for for somebody like a Pew or a or a Smith, but uh, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. We'll know we'll have a lot of answers, I think, by that first game in Kansas City and by the second game in, in DC. Maybe we'll we'll see a little bit of different energy around the game, but there's also a little bit of a historical component that's going to be occurring with this second match in DC. When the United States women's national team plays this second friendly against Nigeria in DC at Audi field, us soccer, the USW net, uh, NT, Players Association and the U.S. Men's National Team Players Association uh, will officially sign a historic new collective bargaining agreement on the field as part of, uh, you know, sort of the post-game ceremonies. Yes, this is huge. I mean, um, when this was announced about the collective bargaining agreement uh, being solidified and then the fact that it gets to be signed post-game, live at Audi Field. This is the second CBA signing that we've seen this year live, right? The first one yeah. in the NWSL at Angel City. That was huge. Um, the commissioner there and everything. And and with this one, um, there will be players there from both the men's side and then, of course, the women's side. So USSF president Cindy Parlo Cohn, she will sign it as well as the U.S. Women's National Team uh, Players Association officers, which is Becky Sauerbrunn, Crystal Dunn, Sam Ewis, and Becca Rue, um, as long as well as some of the men's players' representatives. So they'll all be there signing this. I mean, this is just massive for the U.S. It's the first time that a federation in the world of soccer has agreed to equal world cup prize money. And that is just massive heading into a men's world cup year. And then a women's world cup um, because the men's world cup is literally around the corner. So the fact that this is happening is a huge achievement for not only the U S soccer, the women's team, the men's team, but honestly the world of football and it's happening on September 6th, which is, Women's Equality Day. Uh, this date was picked to commemorate the 1920 certification of the 19th Amendment, which gave women the right to vote. So there's, they didn't just pick this date and say, we'll sign this. They they made it a little bit more historical, have a little bit more meaning on it as, as they sign this historic CBA. It's going to be a big, big day. 2022, the year of the collective bargaining agreement. You love to see it. We've got more to get through in this episode. We've got games to preview in NWSL, and we're going to do that right after we take a quick break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. All right. Quick reminder before we get into everything, the FA Women's Super League is officially on Paramount+. Plus. First game will be kicking off on September 10th, so please stay tuned 
for upcoming Attacking Third episodes all about the WSL. We're hyped about it. We got a lot coming through the pipeline for you all in terms of WSL content. But let's stick to NWSL for now. There is a series of games that's going to be taking place this weekend. So while it is an international window and the United States women's national team is on duty and there are a ton of NWSL players uh, repping their national teams right now, New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC and North Carolina Courage are actually going to be playing a makeup day, uh, match. It's going to be their match day three game uh, that's finally going to be played in September here. Um, it was originally scheduled to be played on May 14th, but unfortunately, the game was postponed due to COVID-19 protocols. It was, I uh, believe, set to be the home opener for Gotham FC in, yeah. in this. So a little bit of different energy in, in this one. Lisa, you've got a game that was supposed to be played very early in the season, and now you've got two teams that are going to be going head-to-head in September. We're talking final stretch of the regular season. Who do you got in this one? So this is so interesting kind of um, when you look at the landscape of the league and how this is unfolding and how now this game is being played. And when you look at form of some of these teams, I'm not sure if it is better or worse to be played now, honestly, because when you look at, I mean, this is an international window. So Gotham is without Mitch Purse, Christy Mewis, um, Ifioma Anamano, who plays for Nigeria. And meanwhile, North Carolina, they're without a number of players. I mean, Casey Murphy is away with the United States national team. So the the balance between these two sides playing at this point in the season, I mean, we can't dwell on it too much because it, it, it happened. And now we're here, and now these teams have to deal with it. We have to deal with it as analysts. Uh, Gotham's truly on the struggle bus, seven straight winless for them, they're, they're struggling. They've brought in Humenzies, who has said that the morale for this club and this team is changed. It's a complete 180. They're ready to go. He's trying up different formations. We've seen Allie Krieger higher up into the midfield to try to combat some of their opponents' midfield pressure, playing alongside McCall Zerboni. Um, I think Paige Monahan has had a tremendous season with Gotham. She's really stepped up in for a team that has struggled with scoring, struggled to find the back of the net. And maybe the pressure is on for players like Anamanu, Purse, Mewis, even. So that relieves some of the pressure from someone like Amonahan who doesn't feel that and then can go out there, play her game, uh, be confident in what Monahan's able to do on the pitch, and she's able to pick up goals. Meanwhile, North Carolina, they are they're just cruising right now. It's really impressive to watch this team and what they've been able to do. Now they are coming off of a loss, the three, two loss to Kansas city, but in their last six games, North Carolina has scored at least three goals. And that is literally insane. They had two back-to-back four goal games, um, or excuse me, one four goal game in the mix of all of that against Chicago Red Stars. But North Carolina can score. They can find the back of the net, but it's their defensive efforts that are truly struggling. And now without Casey Murphy, I am a little bit nervous as to what can happen. I think if you're a Gotham side, you're looking at this North Carolina roster and and their most recent form and saying, we just got to shoot. We got to put opportunities on. When you think back to Gotham's last game against Angel City, they had opportunities. They were creating chances. Um, But Angel City's defense got very lucky. Didi Hadachich had a fantastic game scoring or saving so many different goals. So if you're Gotham, you're saying, let's just come out, do the same thing we did last time, be a little bit more clinical on our finishes and see what we can do. Meanwhile, North Carolina, they can score. They can score these goals. We saw a quiet game from Dan Ordonez last match um, to see kind of how she transitions into this one and, and if she's playing and what she's doing there. Caroline coming off of a brace. This one, it, it proves to be a bit more interesting than – Uh, just what meets the eye when you initially look at this, how it's a COVID makeup game in the middle of an international break. I haven't given my pick yet. I want to hear your analysis first on this one. What are your thoughts on this match, Sandra? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm with you. I'm feeling everything that you sort of laid out, you know, already. I, I think the biggest thing for me is, the biggest thing for me is that knowing that these two teams are just in completely different areas right now in their season I think on paper you're looking at two teams and you see hey there are two bottom table teams who are going to be playing a match a makeup match at that on Sunday right 
And I think you have to look a little bit outside the lines uh, of that paper a bit. You know, you're looking at, you know, who's going to be available in in these games. You know, there's there's an international window right now. Uh, we're again, we're we're doing this live for for our, our listeners, so we don't have the availability reports in terms of the personnel who will be available or unavailable in, in this match due to either injury or. Um, you know, international duty. We do know for for Gotham. You know, what are they going to look like, and how how are they? What are they going to present to a North Carolina side that has sort of you know been trying to make a little bit of noise down this final stretch of, of the season? They're going to be without Mitch Purse. They're going to be without Christy Mewis. You know, these are two massive players to be without at this point in, in the season. But again, this is a game that they didn't anticipate that they would be unavailable in. So. I, I I do have some concern. I think there's like, you know, you've got Ordonez who's nursing um, a shoulder injury right now. We saw her kind of come out of the pitch, you know, at a, out of a, as a precaution um, a couple of weeks ago. But, you know, I think there's, there's potential for, for a game like this to, to maybe, you know, perhaps get out of control a little bit, maybe for lack of, of better, um phrasing you know so it's just like i do wonder if like a team like 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 north carolina who are going to come out in this game with an entirely different sense of urgency compared to a team like gotham who's going to be missing a couple key players who have what is it at this point now 12 losses on on the season um and it's just you know they're they're being led by by interim head coach Humenzies, and it's just kind of like they're in a different phase of their season versus North Carolina. So I'm just um, I just want everybody to come out of this game happy and healthy, you know, and be able to continue on with their um, with their regular season, you know. But I do think that uh, Carolina might be able to come out here and you know, go ahead and, and get all three points. So I'm, I'm in terms of my pick, I'm going with, with, with North Carolina just because of their recent form. And even if this game, I think even if this game does come down to midfields or uh, defensive shape, I just think that North Carolina is starting to figure things out very, very late in, in the season. But, uh, you know, with players like Carson Pickett, you know, being able to get higher into, into the attack and, try to spearhead and facilitate things or uh, somebody like uh, uh, Denise O'Sullivan uh, being able to, to dictate, dictate those things. You know, uh, I just think that they've got a current run of form, even coming off of a loss. They've got a current run of form that I think you look at that team and you say, maybe there's enough here to go ahead and pick up a win. But, but with so many players missing, Lisa, I did go back and forth and wonder if this was going to be a draw. I did. Yeah, I mean, that's you have to look at that because Denise O'Sullivan is with Ireland. She's playing yeah. in the World Cup right now. So, like, a lot of the players are not there for international break. And and the the results of this match matter. So it becomes a balance of, okay, this is a, this is a game where we should have off. Uh, we need to rest some players. But also, this match definitely matters moving forward because if you look at the standings right now, Gotham is at the bottom. They've got 12 points. They, th- this is a little rough for them. They're 14 points off of that playoff line where Chicago sits at 26 points. Meanwhile, North Carolina, they're at 16 right now. If they win, they get 19 points. Um, that just closes the gap. They, they won't change positioning. They'll stay in ninth place, North Carolina. But that'll close the gap between these bottom four teams and that top four teams and, and – or the bottom four teams and then the top teams. And North Carolina can almost solidify themselves – as being part of that top bunch, leaving Racing Louisville, Washington, and Gotham at 14, 13, 12 points at the bottom. It just creates separation. So for North Carolina, this game matters a ton, a ton. They they need to pick up points in this one. I agree. I'm going to go with North Carolina in this one, but if it's a draw, like we won't be surprised. We'll come back and we'll laugh about it. But I think North Carolina needs to win this, and I hope they, they can score some goals. We uh we believe in uh Brittany Ratcliffe, right? And yeah, uh, for for uh, for North Carolina, yeah, I'm I'm eager to see that. I think I do like believe I said, in Brittany Ratcliffe. She's a great I, player. So I great. Think, I just think, like again, like I just think that 
you know, this is a match day three game that's being played in September. It's just a very, it's just a very different, it's going to have a much different energy, uh, you know, than if it would have been played, um, you know, back in, back in May. So I just think that, you know, I, again, I'm going with a pick. I'm making a pick because there's just one, you know, actual NWSL regular season match that's in, in, in play. But, you know, I am going against my gut here. I, I am saying like, you know, that maybe I kind of wanted to go with a draw. So, uh, well, we'll see how the teams, uh, you know, come out and uh, face up against each other and what type of urgency they they play with in 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 this match. But uh, for for people who are looking for additional um, NWSL action, just uh, you know, look to the West Coast perhaps as well because uh, it's here. Copa Angelina is here. It's an exciting time uh, in NWSL. It's an exciting time in LA. Uh, Copa Angelina, for for folks who don't remember, uh, when the news dropped of this, uh, we were really really hyped about it because it was just like a new a, a new partnership that was announced between Angel City and the uh, Mexican women's national team. So this partnership was announced where they're going to have these friendlies over the next couple of years. And it's just very, it's just like cool to, to finally see how at one point there was going to, that this was just announced, right? And I feel like we were just doing an attacking third episode about it. Mm-hmm. But now it's here. <laughs> and like, we're all just super excited to sort of see how this um how this is going to come uh, to light, like what it's going to look like as we see a senior level uh, Mexican women's national team going up against, uh, you know, an NWSL side that is, you know, in the midst of a, of a playoff push, quite frankly. So um, I'm excited to see this finally, um, you know, get underway and uh, to sort of see the crowd, you know, that, that, that might, uh, that this might attract because p- part of it was, uh, part of this kind of coming together was, you know, for Angel City was bringing together this Angel City football club and then the Mexican women's national team to sort of ensure that you're representing like two two different, you know, city, two different cultures. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, like kind of fuse all that together, you know, because of the large, you know, uh, Mexican uh, community that there is in uh, in Los Angeles. So uh, I- I'm also curious to sort of see like, um, in, in this one, like who we actually might see in action in this one, because it wasn't just, it wasn't too long ago, Lisa, where we, where we saw Angel City, uh, you know, take on Tigres Femenil, uh, in, in a bit of an exhibition game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for this Copa Angelina. I think that it's, it's huge. I mean, we've talked to, um, some of the, the people at Angel City, whether they're in the front office or, um, Angela Hughley's and about this and like how important it is for this club and how this was something that they wanted to do. They knew they wanted to do it as soon as uh, LA was going to get a women's soccer team that this needed to happen in order to kind of highlight the Mexican national team and the growth of women's soccer and something that Angel City has been the, a key starter in in continuing the growth of women's football and then highlighting that the Mexican culture in LA, like you mentioned, is huge through entertainment, community outreach, um, the competition on the pitch. This is massive and it comes at a fantastic time during this international break. I know that the bank is going to be rocking for this one. They're doing a fan fest before. If you're in Los Angeles, head out to to their fan fest. I know Angel City goes all out, but this is a huge huge matchup for these two sides and and for really the start of NWSL playing against uh, an international team. Yeah, for sure. And something cool, like different, like little components, like little cool things that you tried to, to, to look at to sort of get hyped about the game. Um, if people missed it, uh, the Mexican uh, Football Federation went ahead and announced the debut alongside Adidas of the official like kind of secondary kit for, for team Mexico uh, for the upcoming year. These uh, some of these jerseys have already been featured in U 17 matches for, for the U 17 women's side. And uh, they will be the one of the official kits for uh, the upcoming world cup 
uh, in Qatar for the men's team as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little curious if we're going to get to see the debut of these kits for the uh, Mexican senior women's national team. But um, I love this kit, all the detailing in, in between it. It's, uh, you know, you got the white kit with all of the, the, the red kind of stitching across it and, and the design of it um, and uh, with the new with the new crest as well. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty cool to sort of see. And I, I, you know, we'll, we'll find out like, yeah, I know Angel City usually wears their, their black away kits uh, at home. So I think like if the Mexican women's national team go ahead and take the, the pitch in these kits, I think it'll be like, you know, not just, um, you know, two cool teams going head to head on the soccer field, but it'd also be like maybe a little bit of a kit clash as well. I think yes. it'd be kind of- It'll be like it'll be like two very cool kits uh, also like going um, head to head in this one as well. So hopefully we'll get to we'll get to see that in action during this game. And uh, yeah, quite frankly, like hopefully we'll also get a chance to um, potentially see some familiar names. Right. For for folks who may like if, if anybody was watching the uh, the CONCACAF W championship on Paramount Plus that took place in July. There's there's likely like to to be similar aims that you saw playing during that competition, right? So uh, you know, players that have um collegiate ties to the United States, right? Um there's uh their their goalkeeper who 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 got called up we, we saw uh in, in Emily and so we saw uh, Maria Sanchez you know get get the call up as as well to to this to this um to this squad. And uh, I know that the spirit also announced uh, that Rodriguez is going to be participating in this as well. So I'm, I'm eager to see if like, we're going to, you know, continue to see maybe a little bit more like, mm-hmm. um, you know, NWSL crossover a little bit, like seeing angel city go up against, you know, some players, uh, who have already played against them, you know, in, in NWSL competition. So, um, and that's not to say that, uh, you know, you shouldn't, you know, pay attention to maybe some of the other players, you know, that maybe you saw during the, uh, the CONCACAF uh, qualifiers. Like I mentioned, Emily, uh, Emily Alvarado was a goalkeeper that we saw a lot during, during that time. But, but players who, again, maybe just went up against this Angel City side, you know, players who were representing for Tigres who are also on this Mexican national team. So some of the players who were playing for Tigres against Angel City yep. might also feature... <laughs> yeah, they might also feature in this game as well. So, you know, you've got players like like Nancy Antonio, uh, Gareth Espinosa, Cristina Ferral, um, you know, so it's like there's there might be some familiarity that comes into play here when you go and they're going up against Angel City. And like a thing that happens when you sort of have that familiarity with with players on the pitch, like it leads to, you know, these kind of highly competitive games, you know, so I'm um, I'm hyped. I'm hyped for this one, you know, but yeah, there's already a ton of NWSL cross over like i said so you've got your maria sanchez jimena lopez for all rain got uh you know dana Dornes obviously with the run that she's been on with the courage she's going to be featuring with them as well so you know again like i'm i'm really curious to sort of see some of these more recent uh and familiar names on the mexican women's national team go up against uh angel city i'm i'm really excited for this game i wish we were going lisa and you know be able to sort of see some things in between and be like hey find these individual matchups as well Uh, and hopefully it's a good game so i want to put you on the spot here um who do you have winning this one angel city or mexico well you know what if if like if we're going off of the the previous match we Mm -hmm. saw a lot of uh, rotation that was utilized with Angel City going up against Tigres Feminil in that exhibition game, and it was a real opportunity for um, for Freya Coom and the coaching staff essentially to get a ton of the uh, you know the bench out there out on the pitch. We saw a lot of depth players that hadn't typically been utilized over the course of this regular season for Angel City get time against Tigres Feminil, and uh, I would imagine that there might be some combination of that. But I think because of some of that familiarity, the fact that they might have faced some of these players already going up against Tigres Femenil, the fact that there are going to be the there's going to be the potential for those individual battles on the pitch against uh, essentially, yes, a senior Mexican women's side. But the fact that there are a ton of players who could be getting the start for Mexico's national team 
who have also played against Angel City. You know, like if you have a starting lineup for Mexico that has, you know, uh, uh, Jimena Lopez in it, you know, uh, uh, Diana Ordonez, a a Maria Sanchez in this one, you know, the potential for there uh, to be somebody like a Karina Rodriguez uh, alongside the Spirit. Like if we see these players coming in and, and getting starts or even featuring within them, it could lead to a very yeah. – um, you know, it could lead to a surprise result. So I would love for, I would really love for for Mexico to come out here and, and and get a win. Quite frankly, I think it will be really great experience for Angel City. But I also think it would raise the level of profile for that team as well. I mean, they're they they have goals in that program that they're trying to obtain. You know, they're they're coming off of another cycle in which they did not make the World Cup, right? So this next yeah. this next stretch of of, of years is is you know, looking ahead, like you, they don't have a choice. They have to look ahead and, 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 and sort of see what's on the horizon for them. And that includes like the buildup to, to something like a 2027, but that also includes like integrating new players in and maybe rotating players out. I don't know if we're going to see that with the remainder of this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if it happens um, in, in the, in the future, you know, perhaps in, in the buildups of that. But we see that, I think even in this roster, you know, we just had an interview with Scarlett Camberos, you know, this is a very young player with Club America who said one of her goals was to, you know, go play in Liga MX Feminil and, and, and get looked at by the Mexican national team because she wants to, to represent Mexico's crest. And she got called in to back into this camp after missing yeah. out, missing out with an ankle injury, you know? So we're, 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 I think we're already starting to see that a, a little bit. They're, they're getting different players in uh, newer players in to get different looks at them. And, you know, they're still in, in the process of trying to find an, uh, a lead head coach, you know, and technical directors uh, for, for, for this team. That's something that's ongoing. It's something that's on their radar. They're saying, Hey, it's going to be a different look for the, the coaching staff, you know, for, for this team. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm excited. If you're out in the West Coast, if you're out in L.A., please, uh, you know, get your tickets and uh, hopefully get you get out. to get treated to a to a fun match uh, in, in this one for sure. I know. I agree. I'm excited for this one. Should be huge, huge matchup between these sides and just fun. Like it's good to have international football to watch. Yeah, we love it. We love it here. We love it here at Attacking Third, and we love you all for joining us whenever we go live. So thanks, everybody, for listening to us chat all about U.S. Women's National Team, NWSL Action, Mexican Women's National Team, Copa Angelina. Uh, thanks so much for, for joining us whenever we go live. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Attacking Third. A quick programming note, we're going to be back next week to recap all of the matches that take place. Everybody enjoy your holiday day weekend uh we're gonna try to do that as well so make sure you're subscribed so that you know when we go live and give you all of the recaps okay for sandra Herrera and lisa roman this was attacking third It's a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo. And they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount+, Plus to try it free. Terms apply.